wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I, I really like this verse when it comes to salvation. I really like this verse when it comes to salvation because it emphasizes that salvation is a gift. It emphasizes that salvation is not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can purchase. It's something that's given as a gift from God. And well, so to me, the best way to relate to people is talking about experiences I've had. So in my line of work, we're required to wear body armor. And I have seen people who choose not to wear body armor. And I've seen this as early as the first day on the job. And I would always ask myself, why would anybody do this job without body armor, especially in this day and time? Uh, I've seen people who were fresh out of the academy, ranging from people who were about 40 years on the job that choose not to wear body armor. And it doesn't make any sense to me because it's free. They, it, it's something that the state is required to supply to us. And people still choose not to wear it. Um, it's such an important, it, it's so important that if something happens to us while we're on the job or if we even lose our life, uh, if, we, if we are injured, we're responsible for our medical bills if we're not wearing our vest. And if we die, our family doesn't get our, our life insurance policy. <clears throat> and so the, where I'm going with this is I just don't understand how people can go through life without salvation. Uh, when I was six years old, I was presented with the idea of salvation. And I was told that salvation would save my soul from hell. I remember we were back in the back here at Junior Church, and the Junior Church teacher was talking, and she was talking to us about, about how to receive salvation, and she was asking us, you know, at the end of her lesson, she said, you know, who wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I raised my hand because I didn't want to go to hell, because <laughs> when she was talking about it, I mean, that's, that's terrible, you know? And at the time, I didn't understand that the kids who were younger, about the four or five, six-year-olds, uh, I didn't understand that they didn't comprehend what I was hearing. And, you know, when she asked, you know, some of them, they was like, man, you know, I was like, what, what's wrong with y'all? You know, I was like, why? You know, I was like, I was like, y'all want to go to hell? I, I just didn't understand that they couldn't understand, they couldn't comprehend at the time. But even at six years old, I was wondering to myself why anybody would want salvation. It, it was very confusing to me. <clears throat> and so I remember when she raised my, when we, whenever she asked us to raise our hands, uh, she was explaining to us that this was a free gift. She was telling us you can't earn your salvation, you can't buy your salvation, God has to give it to you. And it takes us to Revelation chapter 3, verses 20. And Jesus is talking here, and he says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And every time I hear this, this verse, I think of all the obvious signs and all the obvious times that Jesus has reached out to me and shown me this. Um, he's gotten my attention, and he's, putting ob he's put obstacles in my way that redirected my, my life from him. He's, he's actually put me in a place to where I didn't have anybody or anything to lean on but him. 
And that was because I wasn't living right and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And he was trying to get my attention. And, you know, you don't want to have to go through that. You don't want to have to get get beat up by life in order for you to focus in on God. Because it will happen. It happened to me. <coughs> and uh, also, a verse that I like to apply to salvation is John chapter 14 and 6. And it reads, Jesus answered to him, Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask Jesus for salvation. And one, one tool that we use to lead people to Christ is the ABC method. Um, it, it, it's basically, and I'm not saying that anybody who doesn't have salvation is a dummy, but it's basically salvation for dummies. Uh, so you have A, where it says admit. Admit to God that you are a sinner. And with that, verse uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you admit to God that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. Part B says, believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and he died for you. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that for whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And finally, C is confess. We confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We tell people, we, we, we acknowledge that we have now accepted him and we are now Christians. And so once you get your salvation, what do you do with it? So, show of hands, we're going to get interactive here. How many of you have recommended a friend or a family member of good people so far? Show of hands. Okay. How many of you have recommended a friend or family member a good restaurant? How many of you have recommended a friend or family member a good place to shop and get good deals? Everybody. So if you're willing to do that, why are you not willing to share your faith? Uh, right here in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And... I hear a lot of people say, well, it's difficult for me to share my faith. I don't know how to go about it. Well, here's five easy ways to share your faith. Number one, casually mention to your friends and family members and your coworkers that you're a Christian who goes to church. People will always have questions. Maybe they, not, maybe they might come with you to ask questions and it might not be with the right intentions, but you'll always have a good answer to give them on why you do what you do. Number two, ask your friends and family members about what they believe and why they believe it. Number three, invite someone to go to church with you. So you might not feel like you're adequately prepared to share your faith, but if you take somebody to church with you, they can hear the message or they can uh, even be introduced to other Christians who are more seasoned and who have experience in sharing their faith. Number four, share a personal struggle or problem and how God brought you out of this personal struggle or problem. Um, I always like to share my, my personal struggles and my problems of when I had, uh, you know, when I, when I thought there was something wrong with me and when I went to the doctor and come to find out, the doctor laughed at me and told me I was dehydrated. <laughs> but it was, it was 
a long process. It was a long process to figure out what was going on, but it was God who kept me and brought me through it. Uh, number five, this is my favorite way to uh, witness to other people. You share your hobbies or activities with people and you build relationships. And when you build relationships, it's easy to talk to people about your faith and why you believe what you believe. <clears throat> so as, as Americans, we are all blessed. We are free to share our faith. We are not yet to the point to where we can't have church because it's illegal. We are not yet to the point to where we are persecuted for our faith. There are people who hate us because we're Christians, but we're not persecuted at this point. In America, it's not illegal to be a Christian. But yet, so many of us are afraid to share our faith. Um, I went through a, a long period of time when I was afraid to share my faith. Uh, one memory that I really regret is when I was in high school and they had the meet, the meet me at the flagpole. I was too cool to go to the flagpole. You know, I was I was ashamed of my faith. I remember seeing the other kids. It was some other. It was a group of kids that was praying at the at the flagpole, and I looked. I wanted to go, but I just did it because I, I I had too much pride. I was I was too cool. I was I was ashamed of my faith. That's something I regret to this day. I feel guilty every time I think about it. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't want people to know. I didn't want people to know my dad was a pastor. I didn't want people to know that I was a Christian. I didn't want people to know that I wanted to be a drunk. And now that that's something I regret because what if there was somebody in my class or one of my friends that I had in high school at the time who doesn't have faith or who died without faith because I didn't share it with them. So I close with this. If you don't have salvation, I pray that you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you allow him to be the Lord of your life and you'll notice a difference immediately. You'll notice how salvation gives you comfort and how, how it gives you peace. How you can only find happiness in, in, in Jesus Christ. And if you are already saved, I pray that you are going to get to the point to where you do share your faith. Where you do decide that you will be, be bold for the gospel. Um, that's all I have, so I guess I'll open up the floor to any questions. All right, we'll be blessed. salvation. Okay, well, if not, then we'll move on to our offering. Um, well, 2020 has been a rough year. I know that some of us have been financially strained, but we still ask that you, we still encourage you and ask you to keep your faith. And if you do have an income, we do encourage you to tithe from it. Well, I guess the, the ushers will come and collect your offering and your tithe that you have.